Welcome to episode 99 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. Can you guys believe that we're almost at 100 episodes? My three-year anniversary is this year as well as 100 episodes. We're going to be doing something really special. We're going to be doing a live podcast, bringing back old uh, guests, and we're going to do panels. We're going to have a pop-up. It's all set to be in October, so just watch out for more details. Um... I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Tanya. Um, she is the owner of the well-known dress code boutique in Beachwood, Ohio. Tanya has had a passion for fashion since she was a little girl, watching her mom and her older sister dress up to go out in the 70s and 80s. In addition to her passion for fashion, she's passionate about giving back. She has been featured previously for her her philanthropy um, from her toy drives her book drives um, and breast cancer breast cancer awareness thank you so much Tanya for joining me today oh my god thank you so much and congratulations on your pending anniversary sis that is amazing especially since you know you went through this pandemic and you came out and you're just as successful so congratulations to you on your anniversary thank you thank you so much so i like to start every episode with a little game is called this or that it's just like a little icebreaker okay and because okay. i know you are up uh, all things fall fashion and as we kind of you know we inching on out of fashion week um and into yeah. our fall fashion let's just go for it so this fall uh are we doing berets or fedoras like brims I am doing fedoras and I am taking it sis to a whole new level. We are doing ombre fedoras. Ombre fedoras. Oh, that sounds yeah. Nice. Okay. Are we going to do um uh booties this fall or are we doing uh thigh high boots? You know what? For me, for fall, we're doing a little bit of everything. So we just wrapped up our fall photo shoot and we just put up like six new items mm -hmm. on the site, sis. And we're showing booties to thigh highs. We're going everything from like a beautiful leather caramel to we're doing a soft brown suede. So we're doing it all, whatever works for the look. Okay. And then for coats, are we going to do, are we doing fur or are we serving leather? Oh, we shutting it down with Trent. We're doing a multi-level, multi-color, color blocking, uh -huh. and we're doing a mix of fa uh, fabrics. We're doing leather. We're doing spandex. We're doing cotton. We are going trench this fall. Okay, that's trench. I'm like, are we trench a motorcycle jacket? I'm always here for a trench. <laughs> All right. I love trench coats because I tell people you can actually double them up as dresses. If you do them right, you can accessorize them with a nice fashionable belt. You throw on a, a fedora, you throw on like one of our oversized handbags and you have pulled together a look that will just be a showstopper. Yes, I love that. So let's jump right in. Let's learn a little bit about you. I know you're from Ohio, but tell me how, you know, how you grew up. And um, I know you said um, in your bio, we it's a lot of like you watching like your sister and your mom get ready. So what were those those influences like for you? Like how are they dressed? Like what inspired you to get into the fashion world? 
Well, you know what? My mom and I tell people, you know, it was five of us. And I have three sisters. And I have two older sisters, Vanita and Mary. And I have two cousins, my first cousins, uh, Angela and Karen, who were more like big sisters to me. Mm -hmm. And I can just remember my little sister and I just watching them, girl, get dressed. They would have everything done from the hair to the makeup. They would pick out their outfits, their shoes matched. They smelled good. They were just always impeccably dressed. And I think a lot of that, I shouldn't say think, I know a lot of that came from my mom. My mom was just very simple, but she was very chic. She was just very classy in her dress. You know, she wasn't really big on trends mm -hmm. because she stayed true to herself. And so growing up, you know, it was all about being classy. It was always about being modest. It was always about having a little bit of edge. And I think that edge came from my sisters because them growing up like in the 70s with the afros and with the bell bottoms, I like just crack up because those are all the things that we're carrying now in our stores, right? Mm -hmm. So I just remember how well put together they were. And sometimes my sisters would make up our faces and, you know, they, they always included us and in, in them going out. So that really inspired me. And I've always had a love of fashion. I cannot remember a time, sis, where I did not love fashion, even with my baby dolls. Mm -hmm. I found myself, like, cutting stuff up for them, you know, taking magic markers and coloring, like making like little hearts and stars on their shirts, cutting their hair, you know, just that's what inspired me. That was, and I don't think I've ever um, not thought about fashion. And I think what really kind of spurred it on my undergrad, I, I majored in fashion merchandise. So I, I knew I always wanted to own a boutique. Nice, nice. And so I've always wanted to do that, but you know, you, you go to school and, you know, I went back, got my master's degree, um, came out supply chain procurement, been in corporate America managing it. And then two years ago, it was like the Lord brought that back to me. Gotcha. So, so you opened up a boutique two years ago. So I opened up two boutiques because I own two boutiques. Nice. So both of them are online. Dress Code Boutique is for women. And then I also own Ashton's Corner, which is a kids' clothing boutique, and I carry both girls and boys. And what inspired me to open up Ashton's Corner is my grandson, Ashton. Nice. Oh, that's nice. So you got inspired. So you basically pull inspiration from just the people around you. Like your like you know, your grandson, your 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 mom, your sister, everybody around you. You know what? I yes, because you know what I when people say who were your heroes, my parents were my heroes, and and I guess I was blessed because I never needed to look outside of my circle mm -hmm. to be inspired. You know, my mother and father set the bar for me. So as as parents and as grandparents. So when my grandson came along, I dressed my son very well. Mm -hmm. So when my grandson came along, it was just an automatic for me. But here's the catch. You know, I got tired of spending so much money on clothes, even for my son, because kids grow out of clothes so fast. And I'm just not into all the, you know, the cartoon characters, the light up clothes and shoes. It's okay. I don't have an issue with it, but it's just not something, you know, for me. Right. And then my biggest pet peeve was I don't like to see little girls and little boys dressed like miniature adults. Right. Okay. I, I just, you know, it's something just doesn't sit right with me. So I said, you know what? I want to open up a store where parents and grandparents, people can feel comfortable in shopping, get the latest styles, have them be classics, bring some of the classic pieces back and make it stylish and then affordable for kids. 
And so um, that's what spurred me on with Ashton's Corner. And then, you know, I wanted to leave a legacy for Ashton. You know, education is very, very important to me because it was important to my parents. And I want to be able to, to establish a foundation. So when Ashton, who's only three, gets of age, financial, you know, Freedom. concerns are no longer a concern for him. It's going to pay for his high school. It's going to pay for his college. But in the interim, it's allowing him to understand what it means to give back, which is why we have a lot of the book drives, the toy drives. And we have a program um, that we put on in November, and we're putting it on again this November called Ashton's Reading Corner, mm -hmm. where we invite black women authors or black authors to come into the store on Sunday afternoons because the malls are really packed in November, right? People are getting ready for the holiday. Definitely. Yeah, they come in, sis, and they're reading to the kids. We, have, we offer snacks. We have all types of refreshments. We have, like, little giveaways just for the kids. It's a kid's day on Sunday. And these amazing authors, Authors donated their books to me. Then they turned around and gave me books to sell in the store. So they're up on AshtonsCorner.com. So we're selling not only books to enrich kids' minds, but in the in the interim or at the same time, we're giving women a platform and opportunity to sell their books. It's another avenue to showcase because we're in that. the mall and online so not only are we empowering the minds of children enriching the minds of children so we are empowering other women and giving them a platform to be able to showcase their gifts and their talents i absolutely love that that's so dope so tell me when you started to like you know grow your business what were some of the challenges that you faced like in the beginning because i know there are a lot of young women out here you know looking to start boutiques and you know get into this you know this fashion business what were some of the things that you struggled with in the beginning you know what it's uh and that's an awesome question because i also work a full-time corporate job okay so time management is one and I always tell people, you got to be able to make time. It has to be a sustainable, profitable um, model that you build. And I don't think people really realize how much time and, and it takes to effectively build a foundation for your business mm -hmm. and to make your business, you know, operable. I think another thing that was really challenging for me is, okay, a lot of the... Um, uh, operating activities that it takes to build a business. I've done it for 30 plus years for Fortune 100, Fortune 80, Fortune 500 companies. So it's managing large, multi-billion dollar budgets. Nice. It's one thing to do it from a corporate perspective, sis. It doesn't necessarily translate into doing it yourself for your own. Gotcha. Because you're operating at a different level and a different level of capital. So the hardest thing it was for me is because when I opened up both of my businesses, I opened both of them at the same time. Ashes Corner and Dress Code launched at the same time. I would not recommend that for anybody going forward. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So don't try you know, to do two businesses at one time. Like find so one and I focus on websites. it. I did two websites. So it was two of everything, right? Because okay. they're two separate entities. That was a struggle for me. And then the next piece I would tell people, you know what, get a tight team around you. Get the right people with the right um, abilities. You know, I found that a lot of people so-called tinker in certain areas, but there's a difference between tinkering and, and engaging and partnering with a subject matter expert. Right. So you have to be open. You have to be willing to learn. And I think a lot of people 
were sort of like, well, what can I do for you? Because you do this and this and this, you got a master's degree. You know what? None of that matters. Because the moment you come into life and you feel like, hey, you can't learn anything, that's when life stops for you. And I'm like, throw that out the window. Talk to me like I don't know anything that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So that I don't know what I'm talking about. So that was a struggle. But I tell people, you got to surround yourselves with the right people who are going in the same direction you're going with, who are willing to make the same sacrifices that you are making. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, it'll slow you down. Absolutely. And I, you know, I've been told before like that you should be hiring people that are smarter, smarter than you, like people that can do things that you're not well versed in, you know, like you Absolutely. don't have to be, an, you know, a know it all in your business. No, ma'am. And, and I'll be the first one to say I'm not. And it's so funny because my team will say you are so incredibly humble. I'm going to tell you what I don't know, sis, because I know myself well enough. I know the lane in which I swim. Right. Mm -hmm. I know my lane. I know what I'm not good at, but what I am good at is disseminate or deciphering, discerning who is good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And what I'm good at is being humble enough to say, I don't know what I don't know. Teach me, help me. So I don't have I'm all the answers. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Mm -mm. No, yeah. ma'am. I tell I tell my team that all the time. I say I didn't got all the answers, but like that's I hired you guys for you know your creative mind, your creative thoughts, like you know things that you guys could bring to the table. So I always tell them that like they don't have to wait on me, you know, to make certain decisions and to do different things. Like if it makes sense, it makes sense, you know. Yes, ma'am. I'm I'm right there with you with that. The only thing I tell them is use logic, talk mm -hmm. it through be able to explain it to me and then let's go because I'm a doer. You know, I'm a very um, directed person, so I'm a doer. Mm -hmm. So let's get it done. I'm a driver. I've gone through enough leadership courses and testing, you know, all that stuff that they make you do in corporate. But I used to complain about it, but now I understand it because now yeah. I'm taking those same skill sets and transferring them into my own business, you know, yeah. taking care of me. So it's like, let's get it done. You know, so I have been blessed that I have been, um, I have some good people on my team. I've lost some people. Some people have come and go, but you know, like the Lord said, some people are with you for a season. Mm -hmm. Some are with you for a reason, but you have to learn how to let people go and grow. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely and right. move on. So yeah, it's very interesting. You mentioned like the, the part about like, like all the different things that we learn in our corporate jobs that, you know, at the time we don't like them or can't stand them. And then we end up utilizing a lot of these, you know, tools and understanding why these things are in place. Um, for me, I've only, you know, really been in like full time entrepreneurship for less than two years now. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing all of that, like why, it, you know, think were certain things set in place. And I even realized for myself, I said, oh, girlfriend, you need SLPs. You need standard operating oh, procedures. Yeah. And I was just like, the crazy thing is I know this stuff because I was in management for a very long time. And I also worked in corporate fashion where I was in product development and um, production management. And now I run oh, wow. my own product development and management company. And I have now, I've got, I got 12 employees now um and oh, I got like a, a space and I'm just like okay you know we got to make in just like even understanding and analyzing like the workflow like I didn't understand when I had a corporate job like why you know structures would change so often and whatnot and now 
I find that we're changing, we're changing something in my business every other week. Like I said, that it's not being effective. Um, we try to always, you know, update our customer service, get client feedback, you know, and, you know, we're providing a service of, you know, we create clothing lines for, you know, inspiring and emerging designers. So we're doing that plus the uh, manufacturing for them. And it's just like, you're trying to, you know, help someone creatively, which is staying space in the retail business is trying to understand creativity and trying to actually yeah. execute it, you know? So I was just like, this is very, this is hard. <laughs> I was saying, this is hard for me. I'm so, I'm so proud of you because you and I are on that same journey. I'm not even two years old yet either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a you journey. and I are on that same trajectory, <laughs> and I'm like feeling everything that you just said because, you know, you say to yourself, you know, I've had an opportunity to, you know, sit in the boardroom with a lot of, you know, like major, like CEOs, CIOs, CFOs. And people would say, you know, how does that make you feel being the only sister in the room? But I have to tell you that, you know, 90% of them never made me feel that way. But I was smart enough to keep my mouth shut and in my ears open. Mm-hmm. I saw how they navigated, how they managed opportunities, how they took advantage of opportunities. So, you know, with everything that my parents had instilled in me, plus, you know, what I learned in school, because school is all theory, but it's one thing to learn theory and it's another to apply it, right? Exactly. So, sitting there uh, just taking it all in, you're so right when you said now it translates over into you running your own business. It makes some things easier because it's understandable, like you said, building out an SOP, understanding client service. So one of the things that we really talk about here at Dress Code and Ashton's Corner is it's not about the client, it's not about customer service. And I've had people say, what do you mean it's not about customer service? It's about the client experience. Absolutely. And when I talk about, and I've been a consultant for almost 30 years, okay, a, a, a procurement supply chain consultant. Okay. And so I look at things from a consultative lens, right? So it's about the experience. It's about communication. It's about understanding. It's about seeking to understand what the client needs are. It's about uh, helping them to remove risk. And people say, oh my God, that's just so formal. But if you take it and you apply those same principles, when people walk into my store, I tell my team all the time, it's like people walking into your home. Mm. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Dress Code. Welcome to Ashton's Corner. Because both my stores are in the same space. It's just a divider down the middle, right? So depending upon what door they walk in. Hey, have you shot with us before? Great, if you have, you know where everything is at, sis. You you know, you let me know if you need anything. My fitting rooms are open, I'm happy to help you. People love that warmth. And then if people haven't shopped with us before, it's like, let me give you a lay of the land. Let me tell you, you know, we carry small to three X. We are more of a modern chic, you know, little slight edge, classy, corporate, you know, fly, you know, dope type chick. Mm-hmm. type items you know we carry a lot of items that stretch because i believe in carrying sizes and items that fit a real woman's body right absolutely. because the average sister's body or woman's body is 12 to 14. right absolutely so we accommodate for the curves in here and so we talk a lot about that we you know we talk about um people will say are you guys black owned and if i'm not here they'll be like yes this is tanya because my parents there's a huge portrait of my parents in the back of my store, right in the center. Mm-hmm. And um, they'll be like, yeah, those are her parents. Or if I'm in the store, yes, ma'am, I do own it. Can we get you something to drink? Or we usually offer snacks because I keep snacks in here because we have pregnant women that shop. We have women 
sisters shop with us that are diabetic. So we keep like cereal bars, you know, um, healthier snacks in here, water, juice. Oh, I like that. Can we get you something? Here's an extra cheer. You know, when the men come in with their wives, you know, sir, here's an extra cheer, you know, um, you know, that type of thing. Dope, you know, music. You know, I love her. I love SZA. You know, I love LaDice. You know, just real chill. And I've had so many people tell me, and if you look on our uh, Google reviews, you will see so many people tell me when they come into my stores. It's a sense of peace. There's a certain level of serenity. They tell me the spirit in here is so light and so welcoming. It's so inviting. We have a great time. And I tell my clients, because they're client partners to me, because without them, I would be nothing in this door. I wouldn't have my business. I wouldn't be going on two years. I wouldn't be sustainable during a pandemic, right? right? Mm -hmm. So if, it, if, it, if I didn't have them, I don't know where I would be. But when I think about my client partners, you know, we say to them, if you don't buy today, that's okay. Just come back. Come, just think of us the next time. Go to the website. You can shop on the website and pick up in the store. We ship all over the country. You know, some of my best clients live in Houston, Maryland, the D.C. area, Arkansas, North Carolina, Detroit. We ship to those places, like, almost every week. That's what's up. And so I tell people, you know, if it's not for you today, that's okay. But you know what I love about the spirit in here and I love about my team? If I don't have what you need, there's another black boutique in the mall that's just a couple storage doors down for me. This sister may have it. Why don't you go down there and give her an opportunity, give her a chance as opposed to, you know, shopping elsewhere in the mall. Definitely. You know, I love that. Actually, on my website, I have a black designer directory. So you should send over your information so we could throw it in there. And there are black boutique owners in there, black stylists, black designers, black everything. Um, oh, I would love it. Yeah, I'll definitely send you over the info. And I'm currently doing a black designer closet sale on my website. So, <gasps> yeah. so like I have all like black designers that I've, you know, bought stuff from over the years. And I'm just like, okay, let me get some of this stuff out of my closet and, you know, get it to the people for, you know, a third of the price for things that I've only worn once. Um, and well, I also I'm checking that out, sis, because I'm a size six to eight. I, I'm checking that oh, out. Oh, yeah. And they all my, yeah, of course, they all my size. So they all me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I want to tell you, like, uh, um, within my business, you know, I was telling you that, you know, we grow clothing lines for designers that we make all of their products and stuff. I have a big, a big, because right now we, we, we're making products for over like 300 designers. Most of them are um, plus size. A lot of the stuff that we are creating and we have a lot of designers that are making plus size swimwear, plus size lingerie, like a lot of women that are in like a lot of their fit models are 12 and 14s. So it's going to be a lot of designers coming down the pipeline who are going to definitely be looking like for product placement. Maybe they can go in your store and we have designers all over the U.S. as well. I have, I'm have i from Chicago originally um, okay. but we have a lot of designers um, in same places. Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and the Maryland and D.C. area for us too. So we should definitely connect on that level and I can shoot you over some newer designers is looking for placement and you guys will sign Ooh. up for it, the, the the directory and everything so we're on the, on the same page <laughs> so you know within me everything and i'm happy to participate support speak to follow up be available to anybody because we carry so if i look at the average size of women that shops my store mm -hmm. i sell a lot of larges extra larges and one axis and I try to tell people it's not always about people are like, oh, you know, I'm gaining weight. It's not always about that. A lot of, a lot of it is about the way things fall on the body. 
Uh-huh, absolutely. The way things are cut, the material, the breathability, the, the durability, the stretchability, you know, you have to think about all those factors because when, when I was working on my master's degree, I uh, lucked up and I taught a textile chemistry course. Oh, nice. And so, um, like I said, my undergrad degree, my, my bachelor's is in fashion merchandising. Gotcha. So that, that helped me a lot because people are like, you know what, you got a lot of credibility. You sound like you so know what you're talking what's about. What's your master's in? Uh, supply chain procurement, retail operations. So it's like business operations and um, supply chain and procurement, which is what I do now. And I get this old. My bachelor's is in fashion design. My master's is in fashion management and merchandising. Look, see, <laughs> see no wonder we vibe and since we have a lot of the same background and a lot of the same experiences. Yes, we definitely yes. need to stay in touch and definitely need to find a way where we can partner and work together. For sure, for sure. So I have a segment. It's called It's a Success. Um, and it's a disaster. And this segment is actually brought to you by Shop Gentlemen's VS, which stands for Gentlemen's Very Special. It's a menswear clothing line, black owned. They are here to help um, black men normalize and adapt practices of self-care through the psychology Ooh. of color and comfort. So you can use discount code BEGENTLEMAN um, for a discount on your purchase. This segment is also brought to you by Quesadilly. It's an experience, uh, a sweeter side to waxing with sugaring, an aesthetically enhancing hair removal method trusted by only the queens. With only three main ing ingredients, lemon, water, and sugar, Cleopatra's method can make your cootie cat the softest it has ever been. <laughs> It oh, wow. ingrowns unruly hair and painful breakouts and are about the one thing of the past. Just visit Quesadilly Suite. It's located right here in Ridgewood, Queens and um, ran and operated by a licensed esthetician. So make sure you guys check that out. So Tanya, if you can tell me, um, the segment is called It's a Success and Disaster. Something that went, um, like when I say terribly wrong in your business but it was a learning lesson for you and now you've adapted either a new practice or the way you do things because of this so if you could just maybe share a, a quick story about something that went completely bad that ended up being like a, a hidden gem okay let me think let me think let me think let me think um uh, let me think for a second here mm -hmm. take your time you stumped me with that when I'm just thinking to myself. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Look at that. You know what? Look, he is always on time, isn't he? When yes, you need something, is. he will always make sure you are comfortable. So we were doing so well in our location and online. I had an opportunity to open up a second location, mall location. Mm -hmm. And we did it very quickly. And to be quite honest with you, I think I grew too fast. I think that I moved a little too fast. I saw this huge opportunity, negotiated this, you know, this great deal. Um, the mall management was just phenomenal. Working with me gave me the, the specs I wanted, the price I wanted. And I just think that um, I don't know if I wasn't ready or I don't know if the city in which I opened up the store wasn't ready for dress code. And when I say that is because it was a totally different demographic. And because I had the, the store in the, in the Beachwood mall is very, my clientele is very diversified. Uh, Beachwood is a, a pretty influent area, very diversified. Um, a lot of fortune 500 companies are based in the area, a lot of banking corporations. And so, you know, you, you get that type of customer that walks into my store and can, you know, for the price point likes the look, 
but I opened up into another mall and I'm not quite sure that demographic was ready for the look. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, I was just, you know, paying out rent, but I was not seeing an ROI back based upon the rent, based upon payroll and et cetera. Then what happened was a lot of members of my team ended up getting COVID. Oh, wow. So I had to shut it down. But I was just like panicking, like, okay, I don't sign this lease. What am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, get out of this? And I just start praying. And then I just said, you know what? I'm just going to be honest and real with the, with the um, mall manager. I went and spoke to him and um, he worked with me and he let me out of the lease. Oh, that's great. Because I was so appreciative of how you handle everything. And he was like, Tanya, unfortunately, a lot of other businesses outside of, you know, you being concerned about demographic, even though I had done the research, so forth and so on. And, and, and again, it just, you know, it goes back to my point of you can understand theory, but application is real life is something totally different. Absolutely. And, um, you know, he let me out of the lease and he just recently approached me and said, you just have a beautiful, beautiful store. And, the, and your uh, online is just so well done. Your social media presence is just so well done. He's like, I'm still wanting you to come back. I understand things were difficult, but what I learned from then is what I know now. And I just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to slow down a little bit, perfect some things in my business that need to be perfected, change some things that need to be changed, be more consistent in areas, adapt more, you know, um, key learnings in other areas, then we can have that, that other conversation. So for me, it was like moving too fast because I was achieving such success with this story, mm-hmm. with this particular store. And probably a lot of people have seen that and experienced that as well. It just took off. So I just took off instead of waiting. Gotcha. Okay. I love that. Um, I would say we really do connect, Tanya, because I moved too damn fast when I moved to New York, too, and did some stupid, some stupid stuff. Okay. <laughs> I opened up. Let me tell you, can I tell you what I did really quick? And it's just, yes, and it's just very yes, simple. Uh, I moved to New York when I was 25, of course, to get my master's. Um, in Chicago, I was really good and, you know, had built up a clientele when it came to custom garments. So I was making a little bit of prom, a little wedding, a little special occasion. Came over here, of course, in the New York apartment, super duper small. I ended up getting a studio on top of the rent in Chicago, or, I'm sorry, in New York being, you know, expensive. I go and get a studio, which of course is more rent and went and bought all this um, furniture and, you know, sewing machines and all this type of stuff. And, and girl, and got one client in New York. <gasps> See? So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like super overly ambitious. Like, oh, I gotta go. I'm going to New York and I'm going to, you know, have me a studio space and I'm going to be this big time designer. Uh, yeah, you, I could have been on the floor in my apartment cutting out and sewing some garments. I ain't had no damn clients. What I'm doing, opening up a space. So, yeah. Girl, <laughs> girl, so very looking around, you feel like the walls are closing in, and then you then you have, like, almost buyer's remorse. Then you yes, feel like a, I like, did. I'm what so, the hell am I doing? I'm so glad I had a six-month lease because it was the stupidest thing I could have did. Like, what do you need this for? And then it was, man, you, I'm not even that very versed in New York and getting around. It was so doggone far from my house, and I was working full-time, and I was getting a master's. When do you even have time? <laughs> When did Sis, you have time? Exactly. Huh? What was that? It's like, it literally, as you can see, it was not thought out <laughs> at all. Because the fact that I had all of that stuff for no reason. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> like you you work nine to five, you go to your master's program six to ten. You do that Monday through Friday. So you got what the weekends to be in there. And it's so far on the weekends, you don't even feel like getting up and getting on the train and taking you like an hour and a half to even get over there. It may, and then you know what you're going under to work on. You ain't got no clients. You ain't got oh no orders. What you doing? Sis, you you were like me. It's like, how do I work? manage both stores, have a personal life, spend time with Ash, you know, because that's the love of my life. How do I spend time with Ash, have some me time, kick it with my girls, kick it with my sores? I didn't. And then I realized that I'm not happy. Mm. And when you, when you take on too much, I get tired. And then for me, is that's an indication that I'm out of the will of God. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do things in my own might and not waiting on him and doing things the way that he has planned for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I have learned to fall back because if you don't, God will sit you down. And I, and I, and I'm like, you know what, you know, when you get to a point in your business where you're like waking up thinking, okay, Oh my God, you know, I got these doors. What am I going to do? It sort of drains your passion. It makes you start to look at things a little bit differently. I don't know if you felt that way, but I start to look at my business a little bit it differently. I shifted, yeah, I shifted my whole business model. Like, you know, I was really into like being like a designer, you know, for a very, very long time until I realized mm-hmm. how much I just honestly enjoyed education and how much I enjoyed teaching. So that's why I shifted into, I started with sewing classes, teaching people how to sew, teaching people how to pattern, make them drape it. And now I offer a plethora of services, uh, courses, mental mentorship packages, training programs all in the world of fashion. I teach everything from tech wow. pack development to production logistics. Um, I do um, I do NYC Garment District Tours the first Friday of every month. I do Tuesday nights uh, uh, fashion business startup where we go over like how to build your fashion business plan and merchandising and building your brand foundation. I do technical Thursdays. So I teach a different um, pattern making and selling class based off of different categories. So, you know, one week is pants and leggings. Another week is, um, you know, jumpsuits and rombers, I teach outerwear, all of that. So I uh, kind of fell back less into wanting to be a designer and really just wanted to teach and give people the resources and skills I feel like that I wish I had had coming in. Since I love, 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 love that because you had to switch it up. Yeah, I did. And that's why I had to close it down, <laughs> take a step back, regroup, take some me time during the holiday, and then got back at it. Yep. You know, yep. because one thing I said was, this has been a dream of mine. This is something that I've always wanted to do. This is something that I know that I'm so good at. And why am I feeling this way about it? Mm-hmm. And I, that's how well, I was. I was st- When I tell you I was stuck, Tanya, I had a breakdown during a prom season because I had got myself back together and I was making prom dresses for girls in New York and I was going back to Chicago. I was working full time and I was exhausted. I was tired. Um, The clients made me feel like um, nothing I did was good enough and I feel like I'm doing the best that I can. It really took me to a bad space and I'm just like, I don't want to do this no more. Like, this is not what Mm -hmm. I want. I don't feel happy about this. Like, I just want to, I do want to make clothing and I do want to create things, but not this way. This ain't the way I want to do it. See, oh my God, I just love this. And so this is encouraging me and inspiring me because, you know, I, I wanted uh, to obtain a certain level of personal success with my business that my corporate job no longer sustains me. You, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
And so, and, and I'd be able to support my staff, my team, the way that they want to be supported. And there's money being put away from my retirement for, for Ashton, you know, all those things. Right. right. And so I like the, 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 what changed me was the way that I was conducting my business wasn't mm-hmm. sustainable. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sustain it. So one or two things were going to give out me or my business. And so I have to rethink some things and to be quite transparent with you, I'm still in that mode. You know, mm-hmm. I've come a long <laughs> way, but I'm still in that mode, sister. I'm tweaking this, tweaking that, revisiting this, revisiting that, taking a step back here, taking more time away from the store. You know what I'm saying? Not not working all day to 5, 5.30 in conference calls and meetings all day and then running to the store to work until like 8 o'clock at night. Yep. It's like I'm taking some me time. And, and because I have been doing that, I feel recharged and re-energ- you know, re-energized. Yeah, and because yeah. retail is down right now, you know how cyclical retail is. It's real quiet now. Yeah. So I'm taking this opportunity and it's time to sort of re-strategize, rethink, reconnect, you know, looking at new funding, you know, looking at different organizations that want to support the business. Mm-hmm. You know, I hired a PR firm who's done a tremendous, a wonderful, wonderful job yeah. in supporting me and getting me out there and helping me. Because like she said, you got a bomb business. Your, your stuff is just so dope. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's like, you know, I love um, Shauna Lamore, that whole, her whole, you know, team. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm going to help you get out there. She said, because I believe in your product and I believe in your story. And and you know what, I, what, what I also found, and it sounds like you have a similar journey because I don't have a hard luck story. If that makes sense. I had a lot of people just kind of like blowing it off because I was born and raised in a two-parent home. Parents together for 54 years, was married almost 50 years before my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, an incredible mom. My dad was an incredible dad, loving, kind, generous, protective, educated us well. Private schools from kindergarten to 12th grade. Never had to deal with a lot of the situations that a lot of our people have to deal with today. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, you know, I still knew who I was, a black woman, right? Right, absolutely. Still had responsibilities and still had life happen. People just don't realize that when you were born and raised into a situation like that, people say, oh, you never have gone through things. Oh, I've gone through th- some things, says so trust and believe that. Yeah. But here's the thing. Everybody was like, well, you're expected to succeed. You're expected to do this. You're expected to that. It's a different type of um, stress. Right. It's a different level of expectation. When everybody's looking for you to succeed. But here's the thing. I tell people, don't negate my experience because I wasn't, you know, born into a certain family situation, didn't have to deal with certain things. Doesn't mean my success is any less tainted than yours or less important than yours. Absolutely. I just had to get after it a different way. And it's a whole different ball game, a whole different level of stress and activities and expectations that come with that. And then I had to realize myself says that because I had such immediate success in my corporate life doesn't automatically mean that it's gonna be the same level or the same timing of success. Building a small business takes time. Absolutely. So I have to learn to give myself some grace mm-hmm. and some mercy. I've had some big wins, and I feel like I've done a lot and accomplished a lot in less than two years. I went from online to a kiosk to I'm in the mall to I'm growing, and I'm on a podcast with a dope sister like you. You know, who would have thought, right? Right. 
but there's still a lot left to do. But I have learned to, to be patient with myself, sis, and I have learned to give myself grace and mercy. Yeah. And that has that. helped me tremendously. Yeah, that has helped me tremendously. Like making sure when I get up in the morning, I journal in the morning, I meditate and I pray first because for me, I, it's the pressure for me right now is having this big team and making sure they get paid every week. I'm super duper flexible with my clients. We take payment plans, but because my mm -hmm. business is not a necessity, um, there are a lot of times where we have a lot of outstanding invoices and those outstanding invoices cut into my payroll and my operation expenses. So it's hard sometimes like Monday is time to run payroll. I ain't got no money in the account because over the weekend ain't nobody paid those invoices. So I, that's a different level of stress that I deal with every week because my oh, team yeah. gets paid weekly, you know, so. And I do feel that same pressure that you feel for having to be successful. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm from Chicago, from the South Side. I didn't have both parents growing up. My daddy was on drugs for a really, really long time. Um, we got um, mm -hmm. real close once I got to be an adult. My mom was a single mom. Um, you know, I started working when I was really, really young, so I could help my mom and, you know, just mm -hmm. be, um, you know, independent, you know, because I know she already had, like, a lot on her plate, but I figured it out, like, and that's what I always say, like, you can go through things, but you, and people that go through things, I feel like they, they, they want some pity for it, where it's just like, we all go through things, we all been there, but what you make of yourself and what you decide to make of yourself is on you, so I don't necessarily believe that, you know, that we're all afforded the same opportunities, but I do think that you are in control of your life and what you decide. Now, if you want to sit around and blame everyone for not having a, you know, a two-family home or you didn't, you couldn't do this or do that, you know, I don't think it's best to yourself. You are in control of your happiness and your success. I, I could not agree with you more. And I think what has helped me too is that over the years, I've changed my perception. I look at things from a spiritual perspective than I do it from a and I have to remind myself a lot of times. I actually started a prayer ministry for women. Um, we're four years and nine months into it. Nice. That's and we pray every single morning except for Sundays. And we just stop, stopped Saturdays. But we pray Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7.45. And it's 12 of us. And my, and my best friend is in it. Um, one of my sorority sisters is in it. Like a close girlfriend of mine cuts my hair is in it. So, you know, we have women calling from Baltimore, Maryland, from uh, Santa Monica, California. You know, we have women from all over. We had some brothers that was joining us early on when I first started it. And it's called giving the gift of prayer, the gift that keeps on giving. Prayer is a gift that that is appropriate for everybody. Absolutely. And it never goes out of style. And it continuously gives because when you plant those seeds, it continuously, you can continuously harvest Mm -hmm. So that keeps me grounded, sis, Absolutely. because every morning when we're praying, I will bring forth a scripture that the Lord has placed on my heart. Now, he may not give me chapter and verse. He, he may give me something or I have gone to him to pray about something and asked him for something. And he was like, you know, go to my word. That's, that's where you're going to find it. And then I end up going to his word. Right. So. You know, and then I share what the Lord has blessed me with. And then each woman takes the opportunity to reflect on that. And I can tell you, it has kept me sane. It has kept me together. It has opened up my eyes. It has changed my perspective on some things, how I'm seeing things, how I am receiving things. It has done so much for me. It has grounded me. So even in those days, sis, and I'm going to keep it real, 
where we have sold $50 versus those days where we done sold five grand, I, I am content. You know, I, I am I, I am at a place of peace. Now, I still may share my tears, but baby, in my store, I'll do the wall of Jericho and people will see me walking in and out the store like I'm crazy. <laughs> I hear that. That's okay, because I got the, you know, I have to make sure I'm good. And I'm like you, every Monday when I issue that payroll, and and, and, and like I said, there's some, some Mondays I'm like, okay, but I'm going to make sure my people get fed. Because exactly. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make sure my people get fed because I employ a lot of stay-at-home moms mm -hmm. or people who are looking for a part-time job because they, they're trying to make ends meet. And so it's more important for me to make sure that they're good because I'm a big believer. And if they're good, I'm going to be good. Exactly. And that's what keeps you going. Yeah, and that's what keeps me going. And that actually leads us right into our last segment before we get on out of here. Just if you want to just share um, a quote, um, a mantra, a book, anything that just keeps you going that you think somebody else should take a look at. You know what? It's funny that you say that because I have a couple of them. And, you know, they're, they're Bible verses. Okay. And I keep them in my phone. I call them go-tos. Okay. I have um, helped the ladies that pray with me every single morning to get them some go-tos. And so before cell phones, because I used to write them on index cards because I traveled Monday through Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. And I would be sitting on airplanes like, oh, Lord, please get me to where I got to go and I'm tired or... <laughs> You know, you're just going through different things with relationships and all that other good stuff. And so I was always looking for some go-tos that kept me mellow. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, you know, I got several of them, but I'll just give you, you know, my favorite one. And that is Proverbs 3. And I tell people to, to, to um, focus in on Proverbs 3 because God talks a lot about wisdom in Proverbs 3. Mm -hmm. He talks a lot about, um, you know, trusting in him with all your heart because it's easy to trust your eyes in terms of what you see in the natural, but it's hard to trust with your soul and with your heart, which sees from a spiritual perspective. So my favorite one is Proverbs 3. And I always tell people, go to Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 or 5 through 9. And it says, is it okay if I read it? Yeah, go ahead. It says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your straight paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruit of all your produce then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I think about that scripture all the time. I meditate on it so much. So oh, in essence, God is saying, you know what? Don't, don't think, you don't have to be so wise. You don't have to be so smart. Tanya, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to rack your brain on how you're going to do this and do that. Leave that all to me. Because if you leave it to me, guess what? I'm going to acknowledge all your ways, meaning that I'm going to bless you for your obedience. I'm going to bless you for your faith, and I'm going to bless you for your trust. And I'm going to bless you so much that you won't have room to receive. And that, that takes a lot of stress and, and, you know, off of folks. So I would leave them with that. I love that. 
Thank you so much, Tanya, for joining me today. It has been a pleasure, pleasure speaking with you. Um, I'll yeah. definitely, uh, we can connect via um, the text message um, offline so I can send you over some stuff. But um, if you want to just throw out your social media handles where people can follow you and keep up with the store and online website. Yes, ma'am. So for dress code, the website is dresscodebytmg.com and the handle for IG and Facebook is at dresscodebytmg. And then for Ashton's Corner is ashtonscorner.com and the handle is Ashton's Corner. It's real simple and real easy for both his IG and Facebook. Perfect. Thank you so much again, Tanya, for joining me. And as I always say, people, stay black. Peace out. Yep. Peace out. <laughs> Be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you. Uh, talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye.